Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing, man. I tell you what, I want to say uh, before I start preaching here in just a few moments, I'd like to say Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry Christmas. Amen. Merry Christmas to our pastor and uh, Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh, I tell you what, if you got your Bibles this morning, I want you to go to Matthew chapter number two. Matthew chapter number two. You know, as Christmas uh, approaches this year, our hearts and minds, they naturally uh, turn back to the city of Bethlehem and the birth of our dear Lord, Jesus Christ. And uh, we read uh, a story that never grows old, amen? A story that never grows old, uh, no matter if Matthew chapter 2 or Luke chapter 2. Uh, and, you know, I love hearing it told. I love hearing it told. And we read a story shrouded with the mysteries of the ages. The birth of God's only begotten Son. That is what Christmas is all about. It's not about uh, the things that we see around us. Maybe the Santa Clauses to all the things. It's about Jesus Christ. And his birth. That's what it's about. It's a story that will never be fully understood because it is beyond the realm of human experience. But a story beloved this morning, a story accepted by many, and a story that is beloved upon God's people, the birth of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 2, if you found your place, uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 12. Uh, verses 1 through 12, and uh, verse number 1, the Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Verse number 7, Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them. Till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, 
they departed into their own country another way. And let's pray. Your Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you'll bless this service. I thank you for the singing, the congregationals, and then the special. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that as I get up here, I feel inadequate. But Lord, I pray that you'll bless the message for the hour. I pray that you'll uh, help me as I preach, thus saith the word of the Lord. And Lord, I pray that you'll get me out of the way. And I pray that, uh, Lord, that uh, people will be encouraged. Uh, Lord, that people will, uh, Lord, see uh, the meaning of Christmas, maybe through this message. But Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll bless as you know how. Lord, I pray that sinners be saved. Lord, lives changed. Pray that you'll bless our pastor now. In Jesus' precious holy name I do pray. Amen. We read a story this morning that has thrilled our hearts. From our youth, uh, I have never lost the thrill this morning of uh, knowing the Christ of the Bible. I've never lost the thrill of being eternally saved, as John 3.16 says. Uh, the thrill of living for God in this walk of life that we live upon this earth. I've never lost the thrill of doing that. I've never lost the thrill one day, maybe uh, one day when Jesus Christ returns, one day I'll get to go home and be with Him and see all my loved uh, loved ones that have died on and went on to be with the Lord. I'm so excited about that day. How about you? We come to Matthew chapter number 2. And we see a different scenery that we see in Luke chapter 2. It's a little different scenery. And most of the time when we look at uh, uh, the scenery here in Luke chapter 2 and we compare it and it's totally different. We see Jesus is not in a stable, but He is uh, seen in a house. And so we're going to look over this, but we're this morning, I want you to see the three reactions, the three reactions to Jesus' birth. I want you to see it this morning. I want you to notice in verse number 1, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, uh, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. And I like to say uh, very quickly, I'm so thankful that there are still wise men that's seeking the Lord in our day and age. I'm still thankful for that. Saying in verse number 2, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen... His star in the east and are come to worship Him. The first one, the first reaction that I want you to see is the reaction of adoration. I want you to see as we read in verses 1 and 2, you know, the Magi made the long journey from Persia to worship the Christ child. They acknowledged Him as the Son of God and King of kings. Notice what it says, saying, Where is He that is born King of the Jews? Then it goes on and says, For we have seen what? His star in the east and are come to worship Him. Notice that. 
Notice that. We see uh, the reaction of adoration. Notice, drop down to verse number 10. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And verse number, uh, number 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. You know, they knew who they were coming to see. Can you imagine as they traveled, and uh, some of them, they probably traveled by camel. Can you imagine mounting that camel? Uh, and You can go up to Grapeland, actually, and you can feed the camels up there, drive through there. I don't know if anybody's been there or not, but you can feed those exotic animals. But those camels are so big, and man, they're just uh, great transportation. But they didn't fly on any jets or ride on any bus, but they came by camel, very slow. But uh, they, they made that trip hundreds of miles. They made that trip to see the Christ child. And when they saw the star had led them to him, they presented him with gifts, tokens of their homage and adoration. Notice these gifts were, uh, the Bible says, verse number 11, they were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now in the second coming of Christ, don't mention myrrh, but it mentions the same thing, gold and frankincense. That gold, it represents the birth of a king. The birth of a king. And yes, he was the king. Uh, king. Uh, but notice the frankincense. It was uh, the fragrance. It talked about its, his life. The fragrance of the life that Jesus Christ would live. What amazing life he had. Perfect. I don't believe anybody in this room is perfect, do you? Nobody is, are they? But our king is. The one that was born in that stable. The one that uh, is in the house now with Mary and Joseph. That little baby boy. Hey, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. Hey, He is perfect and the fragrance of His life is so beautiful. Then myrrh. Myrrh showed His death. The suffering that He would have to go through to be on the cross of Calvary. Can you imagine our Lord? You know, He could have grew up in a big palace. He could have been raised in a palace with all the money, all the good clothing, but He didn't. He was born in humble means. There was no room, as Luke 2 says, there was no room in the end for Him. Our Lord and Savior, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He was born in a humble place. He was raised by humble people, Mary and Joseph. But notice this. They come to worship Him. They come with gifts, uh, bearing gifts uh, for the King of kings. And man, you look at that and you wonder, man, what a great testimony that is. And I'm so thankful that there's still wise men out there today that is still worshiping the Lord. We bring our tithes and offerings, tithes and offerings in each and every Sunday. We bring it in before the Lord. We come uh, with our songbooks in hand and we come and we sing out loud uh, great songs like Blessed Redeemer. We sing the great songs of faith and then we bring the Word of God and we use the Word of God and read the Word of God and praise the King for who He is and for what He's done. We see here, we see the Grinch. 
A lot of you know who the Grinch is that stole Christmas. Well, there is a Grinch in Scripture. Actually, many Grinches, but the one Grinch that I see here in the Christmas story is Herod. He's not uh, some kind of green creature. He's not uh, the uh, Scrooge, but he is Herod the Great. Notice what the Bible says about him. We see Herod the Great in verse number 3. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. What was he troubled about? He was troubled that somebody was going to dethrone him. Did you know that even Herod, this Herod, uh, is not the same Herod, the tetriarch that we, uh, that beheaded John the Baptist, but this Herod, he killed his wife, his own wife, because he was afraid that she was going to come to the throne. He killed some of his children that was going to come to the throne. He killed them. And it's amazing to me to see the, this Grinch in Christmas, this man, uh, this man, his reaction of hatred. And you know, today there's still the reaction of indignation. There is the reaction of um, you people here today that uh, there's churches around the world, around the globe, uh, uh, the mission field, they're all in service this morning, uh, if it's Sunday and where they're located. But they're in service different times, but they're having services. They're in adoration. They're praising the King. But there's some people that hate Him. Herod was one of them. Don't be surprised if the world hates the Lord. Already they have tried to get rid of Christmas. They try to say happy holidays on all of your Hallmark cards. They try to say happy holidays in everything because they're trying to get rid of Christmas altogether because they don't want nothing to do with Christ. You see, in most uh, places, in most parades... It's all about Santa. It's all about uh, uh, Frosty the Snowman. But when we talk about the nativity scene, when we talk about Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, people start to scatter, don't they? There's great indignation. Herod the king, he was the executioner of all who threatened his throne. I've already said even his family members were executed. But, you know, we see him, and uh, we see what he is thinking. In verse number 13, the Bible says, And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring the, the, the word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. You see, uh, God is uh, taking care of, uh, uh, He's taking care of the uh, Christ child. And yes, we believe in the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit of God. They're all three one. There was all three in creation. And uh, the Spirit of God you will find in Genesis 1, He moved on the face of the waters. So we see all three of them, but they took care of the Christ child. And they told Joseph in a dream, we need you to go. How did Joseph, being a poor man... How was he able to be able to travel from Jerusalem to all the way to Egypt? How could he do it financially? 
You see, God was taking care of that too. The gold, the frankincense, the myrrh. That was their ticket. Their money to be able to go and be able to make that kind of a trip. You see, God was taking care of them. And I'm going to say this morning, uh, God will take care of you. He sends people in your paths and He sends people our way of things that we never would have thought. And God, he, in, his, uh, in His knowledge and watch care, God sees you and I and He takes care of you and me. You know, it's... I don't talk about this often. But I'm going to say it this morning. Many of you don't understand what... How many of my family have come to this place? I wouldn't want anybody to be able to go through what we went through. And I have watched God in His tender love and care take care of every single one of my needs. I don't understand everything and I I stand here today. I don't understand everything, but I have been pushed to this place. I have been pushed to your pastor. I have been pushed here and it's been the hand of God that's helped us find a house that found me a job so quickly to be able to move us, to be able to get us here, to be able to take care of everything that we have, to have a, a church, to be able to be here. And still, even at this point, uh, it's amazing to me uh, that I get to come and be able to be able to be a, a help preach and be able to fill the pulpit for the man of God that's watching right now. It's amazing to me to, to see that God has moved in such a way. And I'm just going to tell you this morning, God is watching over your lives. God sees what you're going through. God knows the the hurts and the wants that you have. God sees all that. And God sees the enemies that's ready to try to take your life. God knew Herod was after the Christ child. God knew that. And God knew that Joseph didn't have enough money to be able to go to Egypt. God knew all those things and God worked it out in His providential care. But notice this, the reaction of indignation. Uh, Fear turns to indignation and anger when we seek to be our own absolute authority. I was thinking this morning, people, they turn to resent the house of God in our country. They turn to start hating the Bible. They hate God's Word. They hate the prayers of Christians. They hate being around us when they're cussing, when they're smoking and drinking and acting the fools. They hate being around you and I because what does it do? It convicts them. And what happens is, even though that we are technically, I hate to say the word good, because the Bible says there's none good, no, not one. But when they see us as we're trying to have character and morals in our life, trying to raise our children, they're disgusted by our lives. They hate being around us because they want want to be their sole authority. 
They hate to know that uh, we serve a God. They hate to, they want to uh, serve their own selves. They want to do their own thing. They don't want nobody telling them what to do. And that's what the country we're living in right now. They don't want no laws. They don't want the police. They don't want no preacher telling them what to do. They don't want anything. They want to live lawless lives. Herod was like that. Herod wanted to be the sole authority in his life. You see, you and I, we need God. We're better people because of Him. We're better Christians. We've got character in our life, not because of us, but because of Him. Because of Him. Because of Him, we are who we are today. It's all because of our God. But we see that where there's so many people, you go into work, and man, they're cussing and everything. You walk in the room, you open the door, everything gets quiet. And they're stumbling around trying to think of words that they can say in front of us because they don't know what to say. How many today refuse to descend the throne of their lives? They see the birth of Christ as the threat of a rival, not as the arrival of a Savior. So we have one here in Scripture. We have the wise men that traveled from the east. How did they know to come all the way there? Well, we go back to the numbers How did they have Scripture back then? Numbers, uh, we see here, Numbers chapter, I believe, number 24. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 17. How in the world did they uh, associate or a star with the king? How did they know that? How did they identify it with Israel? Well, look at Numbers chapter 24, verse number 17. Notice what the Bible says. Verse number 17 of chapter 24. It says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth. We see that these people, they knew These wise men knew that Christ would be born. A star would rise out of Jacob. They knew this. They read the Scriptures. And they come to worship. Adoration. We see the Grinch that stole Christmas, tried to steal Christmas. Herod and all those people, they were troubled at the thought of Jesus. They were troubled about those things in verse number 3. We see that, the indignation of reaction. And then lastly, we see the reaction of preoccupation. And this is where I want you to really, if you listen to anything in this sermon this morning, I want you to take this home and really think about it in your life. I want you to notice in verses number 5. It says, and they said unto him. This is talking about in verse number 4, the priest and the scribes. Were were they religious people? They were. Did they know the scriptures? Oh, sure they did. 
Was they good people? Good people. But wait a minute. It says, and when, verse number 4, And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said, Unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. They knew exactly where to go to. They knew Micah chapter number 5 and verse number 2. They knew where the Scriptures was. They did not have to study it out. They knew it. They probably memorized it. They knew exactly because they had read the Scriptures. And in Micah chapter number uh, 5 and verse number 2, we see here in chapter uh, verse number 6, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. You see, Jesus had already been born. He was born as the uh, nativity uh, shows in people's houses. He was born in a stable. There was no room in the inn. Only the shepherds were there. Now the wise men wasn't there until a little bit later. They had to travel afar. And Jesus uh, here is found in verse number 11. He is found in a house at this time. All the people that came to Jerusalem hey, uh, or uh, Bethlehem in their area for taxing, they had already gone back home. Now Mary and Joseph got to get a little house, a place to uh, be able to raise their child and to get out of the barn. Now we see these wise men. And where's they, where's they three? Nobody knows, do they? But we're always thinking because we say three because of what? Of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's why we say three. And most of the time, uh, churches don't have a big enough youth group to be able to house all the wise men. Everybody be wise men. But to be honest with you, why was Herod troubled? I don't think it was just, and this is just my personal belief. I don't think that it was over three wise men. The whole city was troubled. At their coming, I believe it's probably 300. 300 of them. Maybe more. But I'm probably for sure it wasn't three. Let me tell you something. When they came to the city, it was troubled. And when it troubled Herod so much that he said, Where? He called his chief priests, he called his scribes. He says, Where should he be born? Do we know anything? And they went straight to the scriptures. They knew. You know, don't you think it's strange this morning that the religious leaders of the land of that day were too busy with their priestly duties to attend the greatest religious event in all of history. The two major events in history is His birth and then His resurrection. Death and resurrection. Those are the two main events. And yet these people five miles away, five miles away was these priests and scribes. Five miles. And they didn't even make it. Dr. Clark, it it amazes me that these people from the east, they followed the star. They knew about his coming. And they traveled miles and miles. And they brought gifts. 
But this other side, this group, they knew about His coming. But they was just preoccupied. They were too busy. And I want to say to you, we're not waiting on His birth again, right? What are we waiting on? Yes. And I wonder how many of us are watching for His coming. I wonder how many people in the world today that we uh, have right now that are waiting for Jesus Christ to return. They only had five miles to go. That's like going to your ladies, to your nearest Walmart, or to the nearest dollar store. Dollar generals are everywhere now. I like the thrift and the uh, Goodwill's the best, though. Man, I, I go in there, woo! I, I remember I'll just look at I love it in there. Lord, you wouldn't want to meet me in a thrift store. Have y'all ever heard about these, these Christmas shoppers? Man, they get crazy and there's uh, towels and man, they jump inside the towels and everything, trying to grab everything. That's how I'm in the thrift stores, man. I love it. My wife, she always has to tell me when I get out of the car, now, honey, calm yourself. Act like somebody in here. <laughs> act like some. This is this is people. Stop their style and don't act. Don't act crazy. We walked in the Christmas caroling for the mall, and I asked those girls. I asked them. I said, "I was going by J.C. Penney's and all these uh, stores." I said, "Man, this uh, is this mall. We're talking about the Deerbrook Mall." I said, "Where is the Goodwill at?" And they looked at me. And they said, "Brother Jake, man, there's no Goodwills in here." But you know what? Jesus is the reason for this season. I went back and I listened to Brother Hoots. Brother Hoots, if you're listening, I listened to your sermon. I think it was in 2018. And you preached on Luke chapter number 2. And Brother Hoots made this statement in that sermon. He said, Jesus is the reason for the season. There are so many people that's in our day that have so many uh, busy lives, busy schedules. This is probably the most common reaction that we see in people today. The, uh, the reaction of being so busy with Christmas shopping and office parties to acknowledge the real meaning of Christmas. Food and presents and the hustle and bustle of the season. And We get so far where we're taking care and busy and all these other things and we don't even think about the birth of a king. What is your reaction today? Is it one of adoration, praise? Is it maybe a reaction of indignation, like the Grinch Herod? Or maybe you have been caught up and so busy that your reaction would be, Maybe you're so preoccupied with so many things in this world that you don't see the true meaning of what Christmas is all about. We all know that Jesus wasn't born on December the 25th. I'm going to tell you something. We still celebrate it. We still try to hold it up in our country as they're trying to take it away from us. Don't, don't lose that. We're losing ground. Are they going to take your Bible too? Are you going to give them over your guns? 
I know Texas, we're not giving up our guns. But I wish we had more zinc and more standing that say, yes, we're, nobody's going to take our guns, but nobody's going to take our Bibles. Nobody's going to take away a Christmas. Nobody's going to take away the birth of Christ. Nobody's going to take away that. I wish that we could stand like that. I'm going to ask the piano player to get ready for a song of invitation. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. We'll be dismissed, but what is your reaction this morning to the birth of the Savior? Anything less, anything less than adoration and praise and glory and honor, it's not enough. Anything less than that is an insult to the God above. Where are you at today? As she begins to play with every head bowed, eyes closed, just a, just a, uh, just a verse. Jesus is the reason for the season. How I wonder how many people are looking for Him to return. How many people are waiting for Jesus to come back? It's all about Jesus. Those gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they were given through the Christ child to His family, showing who He was, His deity, Him being a king, and the suffering that He would have to go through for your and my sins. If you're here and lost all today, All today is the day of salvation. Come. Come and be saved today. Come and give your life to Jesus Christ. Won't you come? Won't you come? Church, let's not get so busy with this season, this holiday time. Yes, it's fun. Yes, it has a lot of things. Food and fellowship. Family time. Yes, yes, yes. But let's not get away from that beautiful story in Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2. That story about Jesus Christ being born in this world. To come. How come did He come? Because He loved us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He loved us that much. Brother Clark, if you come, won't you come today?